Welcome, 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 welcome to another morning episode of Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I'm here with my buddy and co-host, Trey Hill, this morning to break down some NBA action on stage slate. How are you doing this morning, Trey? You uh, you awake here today, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing well, so how are you? Doing pretty well. It is an early morning, so we're a little we're a little loopy to start the day. But uh, no, man, I, I'm excited. There was some you know exciting developments last night. Uh, I know we were talking about it a little bit in the uh, you know before we got on the show here, but the uh, Wolves beat the, the Bucks, the Thunder beat the Lakers. Uh, I'm pumped, man. There's a lot, just a lot of excitement going on in the NBA. I think there's a lot of stuff that you know it's hard to. Um, it's getting harder to not harder, I wouldn't say, to predict this stuff because we did say some stuff, you know, about uh, about the Thunder being a good team uh, before we started and, and things like that. But um, it's just there's a lot of parity in the league, and uh, it makes me pretty excited because uh, you know it's not just going to be the Lakers and the uh, and the Nets. It's going to be uh, you know every team has a chance to win any any given game. Uh, it's a regular- you didn't even shout out the the Cavaliers beating the the Clippers. <sighs> Ah, it's so hard for me. By 13 points, even they they really put it on them. They, but uh, I saw a tweet. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but they pointed out that at this time last year, it was the Pacers and Magic were the leaders in the Eastern Conference. So t- take the results so far with a grain of salt. But you're right; it has been a very even, uh, an e- a very balanced league to start the season. And we've got an excellent matchup tonight, obviously, in the Bulls and the Knicks. So, uh, and it's Joakim Noah night. So, but we'll talk a little bit about that. But no, man. Uh, yeah, the uh, Miami Heat uh, beat the beat the Brooklyn Nets. I called that actually. Like, I I took the money line. So, if you're in our wager pass there on hoop ball, uh, congratulations and a plus one sixty hit there. So, um, and, and you know, just fade fade James Harden for the time being. But anyways, guys, if you're just listening to BSVP for the first time. We place prop, uh, place bets on NBA game outcomes, player props, and much, 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 much more. Uh, we each get 100 credits, and we go ahead and place those bets. And uh, you know, by the end of the day, hopefully, we're in the positive. Uh, Trey, you and I are both not in the positive. I'm at a 98.9 rating right now, and you are at a 97. Point eight-ish rating right now so i uh, got a little work to do that's okay though um we had some pretty good bets last time uh betters remorse here let's go ahead and recap those i was on keldon johnson over 16.5 points uh sad times man i mean he had all the opportunity in the world to hit that uh he just just shut the bed i mean <laughs> what can i what can i say uh, i think he had like uh I think he ended up with uh, 14 points or so. He had but, 11 for 11. Ever. Yeah. He, uh, I'm not yeah. sure if he, what he finished with, but I was watching yeah. that one with because of your prop bet. And he got off to a quick start. He got 11 real quick, and I was like, oh, great call by Keith. He's gonna, this one. This one's gonna hit. And then it, he was terrible. He was terrible from the field. Pop pulled him at the end. Uh, I don't blame Pop for that. Obviously, it wasn't good for my prop bet, but. Um, at the same time, it was probably the right basketball call. Uh, he just wasn't very good. Um, I think he shot two for 10 or something like that. Um, it was just, you know, it, it's okay. Uh, it's a miss, but I'll make that bet nine times out of 10. I mean, it, it ended up climbing up to, um, I think it was 17.5 points. So, uh, you know, I was on the right side of the, of the shift there. Uh, all good. Uh, I did hit, though, Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz over 219.5. And it wasn't even because of the reason I thought it would be. I thought the Jazz would be hot from deep. 
Um, they weren't. They didn't have a great sh- uh, great game from deep. Actually, they shot about 30% or so from deep. I was just looking at it this morning. Uh, but they still hit the over at 219.5. Uh, I think that was a pretty easy call for me. I was actually surprised because this line actually shifted down. A lot of people were betting the under on this game. Uh, a lot of people were betting under a lot of games uh, that night. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it ended up being about 218.5 for the over. Uh, so I hope you, you jumped on it there. Uh, jumped on it anywhere, obviously, you would have hit for it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, those guys have, they have a rivalry, Denver and, and, and Utah. It actually boiled over a little bit. We saw a little bit of uh, extracurricular activity, a little bit of uh, shoving and pushing uh, near the end of that game with Jermichael Green and Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside, yeah. Um, so, you know, just a little bit of chippiness. And uh, it's just, you know, they get up to play each other. So uh, I liked it. We hit it. I love it. Trey, t- talk about your bets. Much like how you had Keldon Johnson going over, I had Jalen Green getting at least 25 points, rebounds, assists. He did not get off to a good start like Johnson did for you. He ended up finishing with 10 points, five rebounds, and one assist. Four of 16 from the field, two of nine from three. Of those seven misses, four of them were completely wide open, like could not have asked for better looks. I... I, it was a good bet. I that one didn't it did not hit for me though, which is regrettable because I liked it better than the one that did hit for me, which was I had the Utah money line over. Oh, my screen just decided it was going to refresh <laughs> for me. Utah money line, Lakers money line, and Golden State Warriors money line is what you yeah. had there. Yeah. Yeah, I had those three. I was going to look up who they beat, I, um, and the the schedule decided it was going to go back to today's games. But, yeah, I had the Utah money line, the Lakers money line, the Warriors money line. Utah uh, over Denver, Lakers, Lakers over Spurs, and Warriors over Thunder. Yeah, good call. Yeah, they were, they were all, you would think, bunnies, but with how the season has started, there is <laughs> there hasn't been any bunnies this year. So I ended up. They both had plus. They both had positive odds. I was positive for the day, so I'm taking it as a rare win to start the season. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's been kind of a crazy season, and obviously last night we saw the Lakers drop one to the Thunder. Um, you know, like I said in the in the opening here, you and I were both kind of on the Thunder here. They started about fifty percent last season before they just decided to tank and sit everybody. So uh, they're a decent team. Uh, you know, not that I think they could beat. The Lakers are just struggling right now. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the Lakers, man? What, are they going to figure this out? Uh, I mean, obviously, LeBron didn't play last night. That can't help. But, uh, you know, where does Russell Westbrook fit? You know, how is that going to work, man? He doesn't fit. That's the no. problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know where they go from here. They don't – they just don't have the shooting for the spacing. You, Anthony Davis at the center is the obvious option. And it's one that I'm sure once LeBron is back and and Anthony Davis is at the center, and when you go and look at their net rating, it'll it'll work just fine. I've heard I've had I want Westbrook to come off the bench. I I want him to come off the bench, torture second units, and much like with my gambling philosophy, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And if Westbrook's playing great, it's not like he's not going to be on the court when the game finishes, but I'm getting uh, – LeBron LeBron's probably going to make me sound stupid saying this, but it's 
it, you're, I'm getting the the real vibes of the Lakers back when they signed Steve Nash and Dwight Howard the first go around, and everyone thought that it was just going to be this gimme, it was going to work. And that wasn't the mindset going into this Lakers team, but it just seems like this Lakers. I hate to do the their old narrative because it's not even really that they're old, but they're old and they don't have spacing. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good combination. I. Are they a, do you think do you think they're a top six team in the West? Uh, I I just think there's so much talent on that team you can't really I mean I think they can get there. Um, I was actually listening to to SiriusXM NBA Radio yesterday and uh, they were talking a little bit about LeBron because he's actually in contention here for uh, the most points scored in the NBA ever. I think uh, I think it's uh, is it Kareem right now that has I, whoever has that has that title. Yeah, Kareem has it now. Yeah. LeBron's going to get it. I think by the end of the season. Yeah. So uh, they're actually talking about how you know that might be a bigger motivator for him than even winning another championship because um, you know when it comes when it's all said and done, what are people going to remember you for? Uh, you know that you won uh, a certain number of championships or that you're the overall points leader in the NBA. Uh, my money's on people remember you as the you know top scorer in the NBA. Uh, so they actually you know think that it's going to be uh, a motivator for LeBron to just kind of show up in, in many of these games and just kind of you know at least at least hit that hit that record. Um, I think he's got a few more seasons still in the NBA, so he doesn't have to really necessarily push for it. But um, he's got a very good chance of getting it. But uh, no, I do. I just think there's too much talent on that team to really count them out. Um, do I think they're a top six team in the West? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any question that they are as far as talent goes. Um, like you said, the fit there isn't great. Um, I just I think they figure it out. I don't know what the answer is. I'm going to leave that to the basketball minds that are probably better than me. I think spacing is a problem. Um, but they have they have a lot of depth on that team, too. They end up signing a lot of people in the offseason. So, uh, you know, I know Austin Reeves has played pretty well for them. Malik Monk has been a good pickup for them. Uh, you know, guys like this at the end of the bench, you know, I, I'm betting at one of those guys um, – stepping in to a bigger role here because of how much they have struggled. What do you, what do you think? Are they a top 16? I think so. I, I was trying to bait you into saying they weren't so I could, <laughs> so I could hit you with that BS buzzer. Yeah, can't do it. Right, right now they're sitting ninth and you, mm-hmm. they still have the suns behind them, mm-hmm. but they also have the trailblazers in front of them. They have the nuggets in front of them. They have the Kings in front of them, the Timberwolves in front of them. Um, the Mavericks, who I'm not super high on, the Grizzlies, who I am kind of high on. There's a lot of teams they can jump to get back into that top six. So I think I think they are a top six team, but I don't think they are. I had them as kind of the uh, the number three team in terms of title title contention, and they were the the favorite out west for me coming into the season. And I think uh, my expectations have certainly been tempered on their their peak come playoff time yeah um yeah it's, it's it's pretty concerning uh that's for sure if you're a lakers fan out there obviously you're you're not feeling so good uh another team you're not feeling probably good about the boston celtics talk about them a little bit trey i know you were talking a little bit pre-show about them uh being a bit of a disappointment they lost the wizards last night 116 to 107 what do you, how do you feel about that the celtics mm-hmm. Last year, they ran into the COVID issues. Brad Stevens seemed like he was out on coaching. This year, I I was high on the Celtics. I thought they were going to come back. I thought Tatum was going to 
continue the success he showed against Brooklyn in the playoffs. And they're two and three, so it's not it's not like they haven't won any games, but they've just been so uninspiring mm-hmm. playing. Um, Adoka, Horford, and Schroeder all came out talking about. Uh, I think they said how poor one of the the shootarounds went. Even the games they've won, uh, they had to come back against Charlotte to win. I. You had the Hawks. I had the Celtics coming into the year as kind of like our East third contender powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Yours is hitting, and mine just it seems it's, like that. It seems like they don't have a playmaker. They, yeah, they rely too much on Tatum and Brown to yeah. do like ISO style mm-hmm. playing, mm-hmm. and they just don't have an offense that flows. Yeah, it's it's still early in the season. Yeah, uh, their point total or their win totals uh, for the over under this this off season was forty five point five, which seems really high right now. Um, but it is really early in the season, so uh, you know, um, I, it, they're they're struggling though. I, I you know I, I've got my questions about the Boston Celtics, but we're going to talk about them a little bit more tomorrow night actually when we're joined by Patrick uh, Patrick Lounsbury, who's uh, and I hope I'm saying that name right. I'm going to ask him before we get on the pod tomorrow. But uh, he's our, our host of our Hoopball Celtics podcast, and uh, he's going to be kind of our insider there. Uh, and he's he watches every single game, and, and he's got a lot of good insight here. I, I've seen him in the Discord just kind of posting some stuff. So uh, I'm excited to talk to him tomorrow about them. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sold necessarily on Tatum. They uh, they don't get to the rim at yeah. all. Uh-huh. They I, I just went to double check because that I was going to complain about it, and I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> they only take 26.3% of their shots at the rim. That's 28th in the league out of 30 teams. Yeah. The rim, getting to the rim, taking shots at the rim, and shooting three-pointers, that's kind of – if you're not going to run an offense that flows with playmaking and cutting and things like that, you're going to have to convert at the rim, and you're going to have to convert behind the three-point line, and you're going to have to take your shots from there. Let's talk about a team we're both uh, we were both high on in the offseason though. That's the Minnesota Timberwolves, who beat the uh, Drew Holiday less, but but nonetheless they beat the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Uh, how are we feeling about those Wolves? I you know I was just, I was telling you before we got on here that uh, you know I was listening again SiriusXM NBA Radio. I was listening and they were kind of ripping into the Wolves for losing to the Pelicans. Uh, but that's one game, man. Like get, get over it. The Pelicans are you know I know that they're they're trash right now, but still. They are an NBA team. Uh, they are still able to go off and, and score, you know, over 100 points in a game. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Wolves will look totally fine, you know, outside of that one game that they had a, a little bit of a uh, a bad one. Um, how, how do you feel about the, the uh, Wolves this, this season so far? You really just want to, like, put me on a roller coaster of emotions this morning. You're <laughs> like, how about them Celtics? And now it's the, the Timberwolves. And you know we love the Timberwolves. Yeah. They are. They – so uh, Finch, their head coach, talked about how he, he liked they were playing the Pelicans back-to-back because it was kind of like a playoff atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And in that second game, the refs also treated it like a playoff atmosphere. It was very physical. And the Pelicans really took took advantage of that, especially Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves started off good last year. It seems like most years they start off pretty, pretty, you know, pretty good, mm-hmm. and then they fade. I was really curious to see how this team was going to respond after 
getting, you know, kind of slapped in the mouth against the Pelicans that second game. Because like you said, the the national media was kind of like, oh, look, same old Wolves. They're just going to, you know, cave yeah. under the pressure. They had to travel to Milwaukee, the defending champs, and they went in there and got the win. I think Anthony Edwards, Cap might be the best overall player, but Anthony Edwards is definitely the leader of this team already. And he's the tone he's setting in terms of just expectations, it seems like, and the way he's following through with that. Yeah. I think is we're just watching a franchise player grow up in front of our eyes. And it's really, it's special to watch. Yeah. And we all know Ant-Man's one of the best uh, players to, to be interviewed, obviously in the NBA. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's awesome to see him succeed, man. And, and he really is growing into that leadership role. I think you're totally right. Um, obviously Towns is just doing his thing. Um, looking like the old, you know, the towns of old, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell was, was one guy that really struggled in that Pelicans uh, loss. He only shot three for 14 um, I think a lot of hinges on him doing well also. You know, they're, they're really high on him. They don't didn't want to include him in any, any trade talks for Ben Simmons. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, him and him and Kat, uh, obviously they have a relationship off the court. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it's a big, uh, it has a lot to do with what happens on the court also. Uh, you know, if, if D'Angelo Russell's playing well, I think they have a really good chance to beat anybody in the league. Um, they're, they're, they're a great, great offensive team. And they're going to win some games. Uh, I don't know if they're going to end up being 500, but I think they're, what was their over under, like 30-something wins? Like, it was just ridiculously low. 30, 34 was the over under. Yeah, 34.5. So they, mean, they don't even have to be a 500 team for us to win that. Um, so I think that's why we were both on it. It was a good bet. Um, but they could be a 500 or, or better team. It, it's very possible. And uh, especially if Ant-Man really ends up being that leader that uh, that we're talking about here. He took 24 shots last night, and he only hit nine of them. So uh, not shy, uh, but, hey, a, a good players, they do that too. Uh, they just take over and try to try to win games, especially when the team is struggling. I don't know if they necessarily were struggling. They just lost one game, but uh, maybe he felt like they were. So it uh, was pretty pretty aggressive there. Um, one other team we want to talk about and touch on here, and, and you were high on the – you're a bit higher on them than I am, but the Cleveland Cavaliers – beat the Los Angeles Clippers last night, 92 to 79. Tell me, man, what, uh, how, how's, tell me this, how's Laurie marketing at the small forward working out for them? <laughs> Fine because of Evan Mobley. Yeah, um, right. Evan Mobley's just he, been great. <laughs> they, they, they've, they've done a real, the, so the Cavs, they've been running that three big lineup and they've done a really good job of sprinkling in some zone uh, with the man to man. And you, the couple, the two games I've watched, you can really tell because the the offenses just completely stagnate whenever they throw they randomly throw that zone out there. And Evan Mobley, uh, I'm not quite old. I'm not quite old enough to remember young Hakeem Olajuwon, but I remember young Kevin Garnett. And Evan Mobley moves around like a young Kevin Garnett. He he's challenging a three point shot above the break and then going and blocking. Another, in the opposite corner, getting a block in the opposite corner. He he covers so much ground. Mm. I I really like their defensive potential. The the league seems to be letting teams play a little more physical, which is going to benefit them. And last year in the playoffs, I said you could play Trey Young and Lou Williams together because you can only pick on one guy on defense. Like if you if the but you know the 76ers they weren't picking on Trey Young and Lou Williams you got to pick one guy 
And so when you have Markkanen at the three, you you can pick on him, and the teams have had some success doing that. But we watched Laurie in Chicago. He he's a willing defender. It's not like he's not going to get in the way. And between Mobley and Allen, the Cavaliers have just had a lot of success in having guys get in the way on the perimeter and forcing anything inside where those guys just eat it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree, man. I, I think, um, you know, the Cavs are a bit of a surprise to me. I think Evan Mobley mostly is, is the biggest part of that. Um, I think I was seeing on Twitter, uh, he was the leader, I think, in the NBA as far as contested shots go. So, yeah, like you said, this guy's zooming all over the court on defense, and, and he's just, like, contesting everything. Um, just looks really, really, really good for the Cavaliers. So I'm happy for them, man. That's a franchise that does need something to be excited about. You know, they haven't really had anything going for them since since LeBron. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, Markinen, two for seven last night. Uh, I have him on a lot of my fantasy teams. He's a, kind of a good guy to scoop up at the end of drafts um, because you never know with this guy. He hasn't shot the ball particularly well this season. 0 for 4 from 3 last night also. But, um, you know, but he he's uh, playing a role. I mean, I think, you know, I think he's fine. Um, I think he's a fine guy to have at the end of my bench. He hits three-pointers, uh, gets rebounds. Um, he had a steal last night. Uh, you know, he, he's contributing. Uh, but – We'll see how it turns out. Hopefully, he starts shooting the ball a little bit better. I think when I think when Garland he came back last night, but uh, I think Garland being back will help Markinen a lot. He's the guy. I think Garland and Markinen in the pick and pop area is where he'll really thrive. Yeah. Uh, oh, I sure hope so. No, I sure hope so. Um, I want to talk about one more. Touch on one more team here. Uh, I want to touch on the Brooklyn Nets who lost last night, 93 to 106. Uh, to the Miami Heat. And I want to touch on Mr. James Harden because I think he, uh, and, and I, I played, like I said, I played the Miami money line last night. It's part of our wager pass plays. Guys, if you don't have the wager pass, go out there, go to hoop-ball.com, sign up for the wager pass, $14.99 a month. Uh, you get access to all the cappers. Um, you get access to us via Discord. Um, you get to ask us questions. You get to learn a lot, learn about how to bet, how to how, what, what makes a good bet, all that good stuff. Uh, hoop-ball.com. Tell them Trey and Keith sent you. But um, yeah, I, I played the Miami money line last night. Uh, they did. They did win 106-93. Uh, they pulled away at the end of that game. I was watching a little bit of it. Um, but yeah, you know James Harden. I'm just, I'm just fading this guy right now. Uh, four for 12 last night. He's not getting to the rim. I saw on Twitter uh, again that you know he's um, last year compared to this year, his shots at the rim and his his getting to the rim is not there. Uh, a couple of theories out there that I'm buying into. Um, the first being uh, the first and foremost being that he had the hamstring industry in, injury and didn't really get a chance to, you know, basically stay in shape to start the season. I think he's going to play himself into shape as the season goes along. But right now he just doesn't look like himself. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Nets, man? I mean, uh, obviously don't even talk about Kyrie because he's out, uh, but all the, all the other players, what do you think about them? You, you hit the nail on the head. Harden does not look in shape. He hasn't been able to get um, his typical foul calls either. Mm-hmm. And they also didn't play uh, Bruce Brown the first couple games, or at least yeah. not a lot of minutes. It seems like Nash is really experimenting to see who can do what right now. So with the Nets, I wake me up when the playoffs get here. <laughs> I think they're going to end up being like a four or a five seed. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna be that team that plays just well enough to make sure they don't have to deal with the play in. Yeah. But I uh 
In terms of regular season success, I'm going to be looking for the uh, the Kevin Durant over points probably a lot because I, I think he's going to have to carry them mm. down the stretch. And I I picked the Bucks in the East beforehand, so I'm not necessarily super, super upset about it. But yeah. I think – I know you said not to talk about Kyrie, but they very clearly miss having mm. a second in shape uh, creator. And Harden – Harden is just another guy at this point, and they need him to be a lot more than that. Yeah, especially with Kyrie on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just saying that Kyrie's, um, I mean, he's just, I I don't know what's going on with the guy. I, I know I bet you guys that he's going to play over 42 games this season. Um, I was expecting some news by this point. Um, haven't gotten anything. Uh, maybe seeing his team struggle, maybe seeing the people outside the, the Barclays Center that are protesting has 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 shifted something in him uh i don't know man um but i'm hoping that he gets uh his head straight and and you know gets the vaccine uh shows up for his team um because they need him they really do need him a lot uh especially with Harden struggling uh, i think like i said i think Harden does play himself into shape uh here you know so about Game 25 to 30, I think that's when I stopped fading Harden. But until further notice, guys, uh, if that money line's plus money, uh, you know, against a good team for the Nets, I'd go ahead and consider it. Um, you know, hit hit on the nine eight last night. It's the only bet I hit on out of four, but you know, I did hit that one. So uh, pretty pretty happy. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of playing ourselves into shape, um, you how how about our picks? I know you have four. I've only got two, so I figured I'd I'd let you lead with our picks. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do some BSBP locks, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about that. I do have three plays for you. If I can go ahead and pull it up, I do have. Uh, I'm sorry, I have four plays for you, but one of them I'm gonna let Mr. Trey go because he actually has the same play uh, and called it out. I'm gonna let him take the credit on that one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that one. But uh, my first play here is Hawks minus 1.5 at minus 115. I'm putting 1.15 units to win one. Uh, it has shifted since last night when I put this bet down to minus two. Uh, I still like it. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back, and the Hawks are just the deeper team. There's no way around it. Uh, the Wizards are, are playing a lot better than I thought they would to start the season. I'm still not sold that they're a great team. Uh, you know, it's still early in the season, still a lot of games left. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to play out. But, hey, if you look at players number 6 through 10 on the roster, here's the Wizards six, number 6 through 10 uh, as far as minutes played. Raul Nettle, Neto, he's out with a shoulder injury. Daniel Gafford, he got injured last game with a quad contusion. Denny Avija, Avija, <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. Davis Bertans and Aaron Holiday. Not an inspiring 6 through 10. The Hawks. Six through ten, and as far as minutes play, you got Clint Capella, Kevin Werder, Lou Williams, Gorgie Dang, Jang, and Delon Wright. If you take their six, uh, six, feet ten, six through ten uh, for the Hawks and against the six through ten for the Wizards, I'm taking the Hawks six through ten every single time. And yeah, uh, Danilo Gallinari also played last one and he hasn't really played the season until that last game. So uh, they didn't have an entirely impressive game last night against the Pelicans. I was watching that one actually pretty closely. Um, The Wizards are traveling from Boston to DC, which is only a few hour flight, but it's still a flight. Hawks are also traveling from New Orleans uh, to DC. 
which is also just a few hour flight actually. So uh, just about the same travel time there, but I've got the Hawks minus 1.5. I'm also on the Utah Jazz over again at 222.5 against the Houston Rockets. And I'm 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 writing this one again. The Utah Jazz, I you know I said before that they haven't had a 40 plus percent mark from the three point line uh, yet this season. I'm still waiting for them to just get absolutely hot from deep. I think this is probably a good spot for them against a pretty mediocre uh, you know Houston Rockets team. And the one risk we have here is obviously the Rockets are going to it might get blown out. I mean just it just might happen. Uh, the Rockets are a young team, but they are also the team that has the seventh highest pace in the league right now. And they scored, you know, plenty of points against teams that are pretty good uh, on the defensive side. So I don't dislike their ability to put up points. And if they both of them are hot, then I'm easily hitting this over. But really, I just need an average game from one and a better than average game from the other. Uh, whichever side that falls on, if the if the Rockets beat the Jazz, I won't be totally totally surprised this season. Uh, but uh, you know, just just a better than average game from one of them and an average game from the other will get me to that 222.5. I think. Uh, last one I'm on here, Mr. Trey. Sorry, I'm talking oh, so much. Oh, wait. Right. Let me let me actually interject because yeah. I love the Hawks pick mm-hmm. and I love the Jazz pick. Uh-huh. You mentioned, though, that your only concern is what happens if the Jazz blow out the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I also had that same concern. So my one of my bets is actually combining your two. I love okay. the money line parlay, so I took the Hawks Jazz money line. Both teams to win is plus one eighteen. Okay. Hawks and Jazz money line, I like it. Um, yeah, I think I think the Hawks. I, I really think they're going to be. Right. I, I I think the Hawks are the deeper team, like you said. They're also the team that played together last season, whereas Washington has a lot of new people. I think when you're tired uh, and you you know you're kind of depending on your muscle memory type thing. I think playing together helps. So. I really like the Hawks pick and the Jazz over the Rockets is to me that that's like a no brainer. And it, yeah. I, I, I used it kind of to tease that Hawks money line from, you know, I think it was like minus 125, 130, yeah. maybe to that positive 118. I watched uh, Kyle Kuzma have 55 points. And uh, and actually, here's my next bet. Jalen Green over 21.5 points, rebounds and assists at plus 112. I know you played this at plus. Uh, I can't remember what the plus odds were exactly. Plus one forty uh, or more. Yeah, it was plus one forty for twenty five. Uh, <laughs> for twenty five, yeah. I so might, this is. I might have just, to jump on that one with you. Yeah, this is just twenty. He just needs twenty two of them, and it's plus one twelve. So I like those odds a lot um, for Mr. Jalen Green. He's definitely got the opportunity. It's just a matter of <clears throat> him actually, you know, hitting shots and, and being involved in the offense. He's just just a young guy. It's early in the season. He's going to have his ups and downs. He had kind of a down game last one. I think he ended up with, uh, what, 16 or so. You said you were talking about your last bet. Um, yeah, it did, didn't end up with a whole lot of PRA. But 21.5 is definitely doable for him, I feel. Uh, it's actually the lowest I've seen it, plus odds. Uh, he's gotten up no less than 11 shots, with that being in a 20. And that 11 shots was in a 26-minute truncated blowout loss. Um, I think that was against the Thunder, if I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But um, you know, as long as the Rockets can kind of hang around in this one, I see no reason he doesn't have a good chance to j- just hit this. And uh, the Jazz excel at, at punishing teams on the interior than beating them on the exterior, uh, on the perimeter, I should say. Uh, but the Rockets have Daniel Tice. They have Christian Wood. So uh, I feel like they have the, the ability to hang around in this one uh, more than people are giving them credit for. So, uh, yeah, Jalen Green over 21.5 points, rebounds, assists. Plus 112, one unit to win, 1.1 units. What do you got there, Trey? What else you got? 
We'll, I'll stay in the player prop vein. My my other pick is Patrick Williams making at least two three-point shots tonight. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily known as a great knockdown three-point shooter, but the Knicks give up the second. I, I think they give up the most three-point attempts in the league right now. They do. And they the Knicks have a very a very good defense that is built around effort and hustle. Williams is the fourth option, if not the fifth option on offense. I think he's going to get a lot of those, you know, he's he's the third or fourth guy getting the ball, getting the ball swung to him. He's going to be open in the corner or he's going to be, you know, open on the wing. I think Williams is going to take five or six three-point shots tonight. I think he's just that's going to be what the Knicks defense dictates. Yeah. And I, I he's I like Patrick Williams. I think he's due for to make a couple three pointers. He's had one game earlier in the year where he went two for two. So it's not like he does it super often, but the odds are plus five oh five. With odds that high, going against the defense that likes to give up the three and is geared towards forcing those third and fourth options to be the team, the players that have to beat them. I just think the opportunity and the odds is too much. It's too good to pass up, especially being a Bulls fan. Who doesn't want to root for Patrick Williams <laughs> to make two three-point shots? Yeah, no, I, uh, and just to kind of piggyback off that, I am writing that play. You told me about it this morning. I was looking at it this morning. I wasn't. I looked at it, and I saw the odds, and I said, man, that's really good. I didn't play it myself until I heard you talk about it and I actually looked a little bit more into what the Knicks are doing this season. The Knicks are giving up the second most three-pointers made this season and they are giving up the most three-point attempts by far this season. 46 attempts for opposing teams. The next highest is 42.8 so that's a whole three more than the next highest and obviously if you look at the bottom of the league it's you know 27. uh, Actually the Bulls are are second lowest at 28.8 three-pointers given up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a byproduct of, of a couple things, but, um, their good defense is a big part of it. You know, their, their good defense forces teams to take shots late, take shots they don't necessarily want to take. Um, and you know, Patrick Williams, um, he has a pretty clear role on this team to, uh, I wouldn't say stand on the three point line and shoot. That's not necessarily what it is, but he does end up being that guy that gets the catch off, you know, off a drive from Zach Levine or, or DeMar DeBrosen and sets up for a three pointer. So I am writing that play for a unit. Uh, and guys, this is a little bit of gambler 101 plus 505 for a, a you know a thing that has um, I, I don't know the exact percentages to hit, but we'll say it has like a 30% chance to hit. That's five units out of one unit bet. Um, I mean, that's just you can't beat that. And if it has a you know 30% chance to hit, uh, I mean, if you're feeling it, go for it. You know, if it was plus you know 300 or something, I would stay away. But plus 500 is just it's too good to pass up. Um, so I'm going to write that one. Do you have any other plays for us? No, that was all I had for tonight. Okay. Uh, everything else, I just didn't like the odds or I, the variance in these games early on in the season. I just, uh, it's difficult to judge. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, oh man, I'm so excited for the, for the Bulls and Knicks tonight. I think, and it's Joe Kim Noah night. Talk, yeah. talk to me a little bit about Joakim Noah. I, I love Joakim Noah. Talk, talk. What's your favorite Joakim Noah moment? Uh, it's probably going to be my favorite Joakim Noah moment too. I mean, it's it's definitely the dunk on Paul yeah. Pierce. <laughs> yeah, like ever, that's that's easy. Uh, yeah. I I love what Noah brought that one year where everybody was hurt and he finished like fourth in MVP voting. Yeah. He his ability to play make from the 
from the elbow. It was was very Jokic light. Obviously not to the level that Jokic is playing, but he. I think he's one of the most underrated guys over like the last 15, 20 years, just in terms of the impact he could have on a basketball game without having to score the ball. He, I'm so excited for this Knicks Bulls game. It's going to yeah. feel like a playoff game. It, the atmosphere is going to be intense. I'm just, I'm ready. It's going to be excellent, man. Yeah, it, it, my my Joakim Noah moments, obviously that one too. It was a game six against the Boston Celtics. Oh my goodness. What a series, man. I watch that series. We watch that series every two to three years. But uh, I was I actually saw a photo last night. One of my friends sent it to me of um, it was Brad Miller, Omer Sheik. Uh, yeah, I saw it too. Joakim Noah and, and Kirk Heinrich right. all. Yeah, buddy, buddying up. That was quite a do quite a, uh, a, a, a what do you call it? A, a quattro. I don't know. Quite a for, foursome right there that, uh, you know, obviously only real Bulls fans would know but yeah uh you know you and i might talk a little bit more bulls here on the hoop ball network we might actually get involved with that podcast but guys that's it that's all we got for you today i'm sorry to ramble on i just want to talk bulls i always want to talk bulls but uh, you might hear that more about it from us both uh here on the hoop ball network at the on the bulls podcast but anyways that's it give us a like uh get subscribed to our podcast that's uh, that's going to do it for us. We're going to be back tomorrow night with uh, – well, well, you'll probably hear it Saturday morning with uh, Patrick from the Hoopball Celtics podcast. But, hey, go hit some bets, guys. Let's do it.